I'm Amelia. And I'm Sophie. And welcome back to So Ma So Good, uh, Fruits Basket Reboot Podcast. Uh, this season, we are talking about the first season of Fruits Basket instead of the second now. <laughs> We're going in a weird order. You'll just have to deal with that. Um, <laughs> we're going to assume our listeners have already seen the second season of Fruits Basket, uh, so we won't be uh, tagging spoilers for the second season. But we'll, if we we will still put timestamps for spoilers on act like if we slip up and talk about spoilers from the manga and nothing that's been adapted for the anime yet, we will leave that down in the description as as well as content warnings. Without further ado. Let's get into this. Uh, this episode makes me fucking insane. Yuki is... I... <laughs> I love it's... this episode. No, Yuki's a little freak. He's such a freak. It's... It never... It doesn't... I've seen this episode of television, like, a lot of times. I've seen it dubbed. I've seen it subbed. I've seen it alone i've seen it with friends and the sheer freak behavior that yuki demonstrates this episode (laughs) never fails to astonish (laughs) he really is on his like weirdest shit this episode for sure yeah and it's when he's trying not to be weird and he it's just so (laughs) fucking weird yeah um this is the very it's our intro to the fruits basket universe to the central characters of this story going forward, and they all are such weirdos. All They're of such them. weirdos. Every last one of them. Um, <laughs> it's so good. They're all so weird. It's just... It, there's a reason that when you turn... Like, when I put this episode... I think some friend was like, you should watch this. And it was, like, on Netflix. Like, the OG, not this. And I was... 11 or 10 and I put it on and I was like immediately hooked because as weird as this episode is it fucking hooks you from the get-go you watch it and you're like oh I have to see what the fuck is happening with this shit and then you're sucked right in and then Takaya puts her claws in you for the next um apparently like 10 years of your life (laughs) 10 Apparently you, she, she gets you for like a solid, like you might like have a break and like let Fruits Basket like fall into the background, but then all of a sudden you're like, you know what I should do? I should reread Fruits Basket. And then before you know it, it's quarantine and you're making a podcast and all of a sudden (laughs) it's like, you're the, Fruits Basket really just like takes up a lot of real estate in your head. Um, And it's all because the first episode just it just gets you the beginning of fruits basket it gets you it's so good she wrote just a fucking banger of an intro and yeah and you're just like i have to keep watching like i you can't not keep watching (laughs) i love like the first like two the first two episodes of fruits basket are some are like my favorite episodes like they're really high up there i just think they're both really really good episodes of tv um, and also, like, I definitely think the reboot, the first two episodes of the reboot are far superior to the first two episodes of the OG. But even those are really good just because Takaya fucking killed it. Yeah, I think it's just like, like, sometimes it's like there's shows that you really like or books that you really like, but you like recommend to someone you're like, listen, it's a little slow in the beginning, but like, give it time and then it'll like get good. Fruits Basket is like, 
that's not the warnings I give when I recommend Fruits Basket to other people. I definitely give them warnings, um, but it's not like, oh, the first couple episodes are kind of so-so, but then, like, just tough it out and then it gets good. No, Fruits Basket, it gets ya. It gets ya yeah. at the start. Uh, you know, and media res, as the people say, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is. It's a, it's an excellent pilot. It just loves. Um, so let's, should we start kind of chopping through her chronologically? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do it. We have this fun little, like, banquet thingy couple of seconds at the beginning that is not in the manga or the OG. Um, that I, I, I am partial to it in the sense that I think overall like i think the first part of fruits basket can feel a little disconnected from the overall like plot of the entire thing and tying in some elements in this adaptation at the beginning i think helps make it a little more cohesive so i think overall it was a good move yeah i agree i like it too i like um i like that uh toru is narrating uh and yeah i agree i like that it like connects uh the overarching plot of Fruits Basket to this episode, which is pretty dis- because we, the audience, don't know anything about the Somas. It's a little disconnected. Um, I guess the thing I don't like about it is just I don't love the visuals of it, but I like yeah. the script. Like I like the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of it, and I like. I think the intention behind it was like a good idea. Yeah, but mm-hmm. like the overall, I mean the the visuals of. I think the adaptation, it, like, or this episode is one of the kind of weaker parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've already discussed at length uh, yeah. the issues that we have with kind of the artistic decisions made. Um, yeah. So. But I, I do like, like, when I was just re-watching the OG, and the way the OG starts is just it's that shot of toru like shielding her face from the sun like it it, like throws you right in it happens very fast so i do like it as a buffer for sure as well yeah um i do like that we get this like uh my note in this was toru is the world's most upbeat homeless orphan (laughs) she Um, really is (laughs) and i mean they really hammer that home like you you are introduced to Toru, and she's, like, really cheerful, and she's like, I'm gonna go on a walk, it's a beautiful day, the weather is nice, just let me pop into the tent where I'm living and say, <laughs> like, see you later to this picture of my dead mom. Like, rough. <sighs> Girl. <laughs> it's like, it's like, they really, I feel like the first two episodes, they're so, like, upbeat, uh, uh, they and like because you don't really know what's happening yet they kind of trick you and and she toru kind of tricks you into thinking like oh this is gonna be like a really like happy-go-lucky kind of show but there are things in the beginning that kind of indicate that it's not as happy as you think it is like her popping into her fucking tent to say goodbye to the photo of her dead mother yeah <laughs> like it's, that's depressing yeah. it has such a cheerful tone but with like a lot of like undercurrents yeah (laughs) where if you pause to think you're just like uh (laughs) hello um then she rolls the fuck up to shigure's house 
she has no sense of private property. She sees, like, <laughs> a random person's house, and she's just like, I'm gonna, like, rock up to their porch and look at their, <laughs> like, just, like, look at their stuff. <laughs> I like the shot of Toru standing outside the shoji doors, looking at the Zodiac set, the cameras in the house, and we're looking at her from inside the house through the doors. Gotta doors. get that door motif in early. Mm-hmm. Like, within the first 90 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> But it looks sexy, so it's fine. It does. I This is, like, not adaption-specific, but I do... Like, I'm not sure if the version they tell of, like, the... Because they cut... They have... Uh, oh, I mean, we should probably talk about Sugar Ray and Toru's little... Interact... Whatever. What happens? Yeah. N- nothing like, much. He's like, oh, hey. Don't yeah. usually get people looking at my house. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. And then she's like, you don't have a cat. And he's like, huh. Why the fuck would I have a cat? <laughs> that's like, <laughs> that's the funniest part of that conversation. Is she's like, there's no cat. To which literally anyone would reply, why the hell would I have a cat in my Zodiac set? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, other I wonder what. And I like how consistently, like, Shigure and Yuki keep saying, like, really vague things out loud that, like, make no sense. Like I know! Shigure's just like, I wonder what he would think about that. And it's just like, who are you talking to? He does it a who? second time, too, where, like, after she tells this, the Zodiac story, he's like, oh, so you're a dog? I'm a dog! Like, yeah, dude, I shut mean... up! <laughs> <laughs> um, I do... I don't, uh... I don't know what Takaya's motivation was for telling this version mm-hmm. of the Zodiac story, because it's not the one that's most prevalent. Like, I'm not sure if it's just, like, I'm pretty sure, for the most part, like, the race is the more common version of the story, and obviously it's, like, a folktale, so there's going to be variations on it, um... But I'm not sure if it's just, like, more common in Japan to tell this version of it. And But Fruits Basket is also the only place I've heard this specific version of the folktale. And it, it is it is different. Uh, it's interesting the... I, I, I don't know. I don't know why she chose to do this exactly. Um, especially because... Honestly, the, the shit between the rat and the cat and the normal one, which is, like, it's not... Um, it's not like God sends out a uh, fucking Evite and everyone RSVPs. Uh, it's like, come race to my house and you can be a Zodiac animal. Um, mm. And the cat and the rat are best friends and they race together. And then while they, neither of them can swim. So the ox being, depending on how you tell it, a good dude or a sucker. Uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's them both ride on there on his back and then um the cat is like hungry and like looking at the fish in the water and the rat goes hmm and pushes the cat into the river and then depending on how you tell it the cat either like straight up dies or uh just has to struggle to shore and then is like the 13th one to arrive so doesn't make the cut um but it's it's a different I wonder hmm. why she did this. I I don't. I I wonder. I'm I'm thinking like 
that the version in Fruits Basket implies that the cat was supposed to be part of the Zodiac, and because the cat, because the rat tricked him, he wasn't, and then the version you're telling is that it was a competition. Yeah. So, like, that's a slight difference. True. Yeah, that makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't... I am white, so I, like, <laughs> I don't, I had never heard that story. I think Fruits Basket was probably the only place I heard the story of the Chinese Zodiac, so. Yeah, I heard it growing up. I also had the exact same reaction to Toru as a little kid, which I just think oh, is funny. So like, cute. I remember, like, watching <laughs> this, uh, like, reading Fruits Basket and watching it as a kid and being like, yeah, I also remember my mom telling me the story of the Chinese Zodiac and being like, damn, the poor cat. <laughs> That's I feel so, so bad funny. for him. So, um, to- the sign Yeah, by Takaya herself. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's the story. Also, I wanted to say I like the watercolor art in the story. It is pretty. It's pretty. It was a, it was a nice choice and mm-hmm. good to evoke the sort of uh, like folk tale, East Asian folk tale. Mm. Oh, yeah, choose like an old style of art. Um, yeah. It was nice. I love Toru. She's a good egg. I relate to her in the sense of being a cat stan. Being a cat. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so she tells the story, Shigure says something dumb, and then I love Yuki's intro. When he just rolls up, like, his first line is something bitchy. Like, I'll never forgive them. I'll never forgive them for cutting out the first page of the manga. I don't know how they could have possibly adapted the first page of the manga. Uh, which, for for non-manga readers, the first page of the manga is Yuki looking at an overflowing trash can and thinking, my trash isn't going to fit in that. And then him being like, oh, well. And then throwing it in the garbage anyway, and it falls on the floor. <laughs> So that's the manga's introduction to Yuki, because he's a little garbage man. Yeah. <laughs> um, nasty, nasty garbage boy. But oh. at the very least, the reboot does introduce him with a line that he, he says something really sarcastic. He's like, are you for real right now? And he, like, bonks Shigure on the head. Yeah. Um, and then he says something sarcastic to Shigure, and then he addresses Toru, which I think is a good character introduction to him. Are you being a freak? Whack? And then he's like... Hello, Miss Honda. How are you? <laughs> what are you doing here in my abode? Oh. Which, <laughs> which I good. actually noticed, not to make too many comparisons to the OG, but when they introduce him in the OG, they switch it. He addresses Toru first, and mm. then he says something sarcastic to Shigure. Uh, but That's I like that the reboot kept the manga order, where he's just, like, being a little bitch. And then he's like, good morning, Miss Honda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always think about how fucking awkward it must have been when they walked to school together that day. <laughs> They're, like, not friends yet. They, like, barely know each other, like, in class together. Yeah. Um, Yuki's just like, that's the girl with the dead mom. All right. <laughs> Why is she at my house? I don't know. But I feel obliged to walk her to school now because, I don't know, manners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and then we get uh, <laughs> Yuki the fan club. club. <laughs> they cut out the, uh, 
they we don't have the song I, well now i'm like thinking about the og and from I what know. i can remember it's uh, impossible to like i feel like it's impossible to think about the reboot this season of the reboot without thinking about the og yeah um but they did cut but out the song the song <laughs> and the like the way they make they like spell his name yeah. <laughs> honestly i thought that was pretty good uh, no the og's humor is on point the yuki fan club is still insane as normal like just you know they're batshit we don't like them yeah. uh and you and but- you know that motoko's crazy because she has turf bangs <laughs> <laughs> you know motoko's a turf <laughs> uh yeah i just like it's i sometimes i forget they're like because they don't bring up their rules that often. It's like, but this is like, you, they introduce and you're like, you can't talk to Yuki alone. And na, 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 na. And I'm like, damn, these bitches crazy. I did think it was fun. I liked the, I don't, the addition of just like the random dudes walking by and being like, That's scary. <laughs> like, <laughs> these fucking girls are insane. Um, but, and then we get, uh, intros for our goyles uh there's i love their intro they're so yeah. funny it's good i like you know it's good that they sh- they they're introduced by just like being like yeah these are toru's friends and they're in her corner and they got her back like yeah um and they're scary lesbians and <laughs> they sure are they them. really are just scary lesbians protecting their little their little daughter yeah Oh, I love them. They're good. They have a good intro. I like. Yeah. And it's also fun because it's like, it is like our first intro to like, you have, you meet Toru and she's this really like cheerful, ebullient, like goody two shoes and you're, and now you finally get to meet her friends and it's like, who are Toru's (laughs) friends? This gangster looking girl and the girl with psychic waves. Hello. (laughs) Which is good. Truly amazing. Um, I like, um, so... They like they're like in the home ec room, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Why the fuck did you come to school with that guy?" <laughs> but I like I always think about this when I watch this episode. It's really funny that Yuki is like intimidatingly beautiful. Like that's a really funny character trait that like kind of like in the second season. Like obviously like it's brought up and like you see as he's like walking past girls they're like fanning themselves or whatever but it's funny in the beginning when toru is like i it's i can't even like be around him because he's so beautiful <laughs> yeah i think it's like it's both a fo- the fact that you like y- you kind of forget about the that this quality of his fearful beauty is one of his qualities um because both i think because like eventually the effect wears off um, you know, like, after you get to know someone, you, it's, the, the way you feel about someone's appearance changes inevitably, um, mm-hmm. so this is obviously Toru's first introduction to him, but also, I think the second season, you get a lot more Yuki, uh, point of view, and, like, he doesn't, I think, fully realize, like, he knows he's hot, mm-hmm. like, we know this about him, but he's not, like, it's not something he thinks about a lot, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, I also think he doesn't, like, he knows that he's good-looking, but I don't think he realizes, like, how good looking he is and the effect that it has on girls no he doesn't realize the yuki fan club like exists the way it does at all yeah um and i don't think he he understands that like 
it's the, the, and I talk about this later too is like the combination of his looks and his personality are very intimidating to people yeah and he does not realize that about himself at he, all he does not he's he's so shy yeah. and everyone is scared of him and he doesn't even know he's yeah like, Do people not like me and I'm like you like, no you're really aloof <laughs> um yeah and it's also why everyone thinks he's like or it's also why a lot of the other zodiac that don't like him very much seem to think he's like stuck up mm-hmm. <laughs> right exactly it's, yeah crab walk the princely scuttle nothing is more iconic than the princely scuttle i always it's fucking princely it's <laughs> it's so funny ah uh... It's, yeah, I, <laughs> I love him. Um, He's so <laughs> I love, I love that this is like, I, who's telling this story? Uo? I think it's Uo. Uo's interpretation of that event <laughs> is like, <laughs> just, uh, Yuki doing his fucking weird princely scuttle. Uh, yeah, that's a heartthrob right there. What a princely scuttle. Um, Nothing more charming than that, than being shoved and then he scuttles away. (laughs) God, he's so weird. He's so weird. He's so weird. Everything is like, it's just this like really weird contrast of like, everyone is like, he's so charming and I'm in love with him. But then like anytime like Yuki is there, he's like acting like a total freak. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, I also note that, like, Toru is such a bad lie. Like, Uo and Han are like, oh, like, you're staying with your grandpa, right? Everything's good. And Toru's like, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> and I'm like, how did you get away with this? You're so bad at lying. And the fact that Uo and Hana never find out about the curse with Toru being such a bad fucking liar. And, and the fact that Hana has, like, fucking waves and can like read people i'm like how did you how does how does this stay a secret this isn't in this episode but in the next episode hana is like it's like their waves aren't even human (laughs) it's like um would kara look a little closer into that hana Hana is always just like that's weird all right and like she (laughs) moves on no curiosity but you know she's just like that's none of my business yeah (laughs) Like, honestly, something fucked up's happening here, and I don't want to get involved. I have enough on my plate. Uh, <laughs> Queen. Queen of minding her own business. Yeah, she just wants to eat food and, like, chill with her weird little brother and her friends. And, like, honestly, her priorities are in order. Yeah, um, for real. Her other priorities, move to a different country, marry a rich man so she doesn't <laughs> have to do jack shit. So respectable. I really hope that Hana, um... Well, Hana and Uo hopefully get married. Um, True, yeah. They elope and <laughs> whatever. Uh, <laughs> I also, yeah, there's this random mention of Uo having a motorcycle in this episode that is never comes up again. There's, like, some random stuff in this episode that is just, like, brought up and then, like, nothing comes of it ever. And it's just, like, where's Uo's bike? Hello? I want to see it. Why does this... 15 year old have a motorcycle oh is that allowed i want to see it i want her to fucking i want the motorcycle in the reboot please yeah let uo bike 
Um, yeah. And then we... And then we get this scene. This scene. I love this scene. It's so uncomfortable. It's so... (laughs) Yuki is such a freak. He's such a freak. such a freak. He does not know how to act. He obviously... I mean, it makes perfect sense why he doesn't know how to act. Right. There's no way he would know how to act. But oh my god, he does not know how to act. (laughs) It's so, like... He And he's really... It's just weird because it's like, I feel like when he starts like going off about the cat thing and about like the history of the Chinese zodiac, I feel like it's almost like he like forgets himself for a second. Cause like every, cause like even within this scene, you can tell he's like really trying. And like every other time he's talking to Toru in this episode, he like really be trying. Except for this one part where he's just like ranting. (laughs) Yeah. It's because it's like I think the cat thing catches him off guard. Um, Mm -hmm. Because Toru's like Natter, she's like, "Oh, I saw your cute little zodiac figurines," and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's nice," Um, but probably puts him on edge a little bit because zodiac. And then she's like, "Oh, but there's no cat." Uh, And then Yuki's like, "The cat is stupid." Like, (laughs) I I'm just like imagining like being like, there's this whatever the popular boy at your school for whatever reason you're like walking together because of you know weird happenstance and you're just like trying to tell like a charming anecdote about your childhood like haha when i was little i was sad about the cat um and then the guy just starts going off about how he hates cats and how they're no, stupid i know and then he's like and then the math wouldn't work like um, i know it's such a targeted attack like he starts telling her all this stuff which like i I gotta wonder, like, where he even learned this. Like, my best guess is Shigure. Because it's, I mean, it's definitely interesting when he's talking about, like, the function of the Chinese Zodiac in the real world as a, a function of, like, keeping time. Um, but, like, to tell her all this and then end it with a very targeted attack towards the cat. <laughs> and so and Toru is understandably like, oh, so you don't like cats? <laughs> <laughs> She's trying uh, so hard to like, pull this conversation with this guy who's just, like acting is so weird. I I showed this episode to my friends who had never like seen her Red Fruits Basket um when it was coming out uh and they were all like what is he t- what is happening? What is wrong yeah, with this guy? It's it's, it's like funny cuz it's like it is very weird like when you think about it from the character's perspective like obviously like Takaya is expositioning and that's the reason that he's saying it but like it's just like really fucking weird and it's not like yeah. out of character or anything like that it's just like very strange Yuki's a weirdo he's <laughs> just yeah he's just weird and he definitely um, like like I think he gets just like caught up in it he's just like yeah I yeah. fucking hate the cat <laughs> yeah he doesn't know how to i don't know he does he not know socialized how to act. right um, no he was not socialized at all <laughs> yeah um by the way i love like the production design of the scene i i think it like the lighting design is really nice um and it's all very like atmospheric yeah it was pretty i like i liked like the bit like it starts out in like the locker room with the light the backlighting mm. i thought that was nice and then that kind of same lighting from behind throughout mm-hmm. the walking scene i thought that was nice yeah and i also really like um 
to move on from when he's talking about the cat she says like oh so you hate cats or whatever and he turns around and i really like i just like the blocking of him kind of like getting up in her space to take the leaf out of her hair um Mm -hmm. because this is what i'm talking about where he's like really trying like he's doing like what he thinks girls want from him um but i like the and uh what was i gonna say like it adds to the mystery of him as a person and why his classmates like view him that way um and uh i like the lighting design the dapple effect on his face as he like holds holds the leaf um in front of his eye but yeah it's just very um he thinks that it'll make her like him that he's being mm-hmm. like charming and mysterious and like flirty in a very casual way mhm ah yuki and i think like he knows his charm is that he is like very like calm and collected and like disaffected actually i don't know if he knows that's his charm but that is his charm that he's very yeah. like proper mm-hmm. um and actually since all the dub episodes are out i guess i could talk about the dub <laughs> um i hate the way that eric vale delivers all the lines in this scene <laughs> it's just very overtly flirty and i feel like the way that shimazaki delivers it is not overtly flirty like he is flirty but it's very Mm um i don't know i feel like his words are very close to his chest like he's not like trying it doesn't seem like he's trying that hard he is but he's really good at the act yeah it's very it seems very effortless Mm -hmm. i think so too yeah i don't i haven't seen the dub in a while so i don't remember eric vale's delivery uh he's not as good he's i he's one of the weaker yeah dub cast members just because yuki is such a hard role i think yeah uh so i think like across the board for him and it's the reason i don't love his deliveries as yuki is that and i i also think this is somewhat of like an american dubbing style thing but i also just think it's because he's just not as good an actor as Shimazaki, is that you can tell that he's trying. Uh, And the thing with Yuki is that I don't think you should be able to tell that he's trying because he's so good at um, the persona. Yeah. And that's why, like, Shimazaki, I think, nails it, is because Shimazaki just really understands how, like, like, disaffected Yuki is supposed to be. Yeah. Especially in the first season. I think it's also kind of like a cultural difference to some degree of like Mm. okay like yuki's supposed to be charming and uh intriguing you know like he's supposed to have like an air of mystery and i think just like japanese cultural differences make are like lend yuki to i don't we were talking before this uh about when sophie visited japan and the way that japanese men flirt with you at bars is really different than americans but it's like yeah americans are a lot more heavy-handed uh mm. with coming on to people and so i think even though we're there i think for the most part you like people are dubbing and trying not to project american traits onto characters it's still like we're we're still operating from an american perspective even mm-hmm. if we're trying to get in the head of a japanese character for sure i wanted right. to talk about the transition out of the scene may i 
Yes. Because <laughs> I liked the, like, shot composition. So whatever, he's, like, being, like, a flirty weirdo, throws the leaf away, and then, like, walks away. And, like, I really like that, like, we see um, it's, like, a wide shot of him, his back facing Toru as he walks away. And I think it really indicates, like, Yuki's habit of, like, putting space between himself and others by acting, like, very aloof and untouchable. Um, And then the next shot is an even farther away shot of Toru. Um, And I think it indicates how, like, his behavior, like, when he does that, it makes people feel very alienated from him. Um, Yeah. And there was also, like, I don't know why they did this, but they had a sound effect of, like, the train pass, the train, like, uh, bells, Mm -hmm. words. Um, Whistle? Yeah, that thing. It was the sound of a train passing by getting louder and louder. I just, like, thought it was good for the, like, atmosphere of the scene. So I really like the transition out of that scene, and then it cuts to um, the shrine. Is you know, some atmospheric noises instead of just, like, music. Um. Yeah, amazing. What a... <laughs> what a concept. Using sound effects instead of a track. Yeah. Um, and then we transition into sad time. Sad time, yes, yes. Backstory. This is, yeah, I think this is fun because it's, like, we had the, like, Toru has a dead mom is, like, a piece of information we get at the beginning, but it's, like, kind of vague and she's so cheerful that you don't really, like, think that much about it. Um, And then you, but this, in the adaptation, we get this shot of, like, blood going into a gutter. It's, like, hello? (laughs) It's, like, a lot. I don't know if... I, 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 I'm not sure how I feel about it, Mm -hmm. because it's just, like, it's, like, it's really jarring, and I kind of like that it's jarring, and I kind of, like, because, like, I, one of the common criticisms of Fruits Basket is people go in, and it's, like, really lighthearted initially, sort of, and then Fruits Basket just goes buckwild crazy, as, and can get really, really dark, um, but I think, so I think in some ways bringing, like, darkness in the beginning is good because it makes it overall more cohesive but also it was it's, it's like it's a lot <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think that i like that it's jarring yeah it's i i would have um i don't like what they did with the colors if i'm remembering correctly like it's just like a bright streak of red blood and then the street is all one color i i personally i would have done it to be like photorealistic not photorealistic but the colors to be photorealistic yeah, um, I thought it, but it would still be jarring. Just yeah, my little, yeah. my my little onion. If I had directed Fruits Basket, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> the alternate timeline where Sophie directed Fruits Basket. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I hate Toru's family. What the fuck is wrong with them? I know, uh, right? I've said this before, but it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like. I mean, on the one hand, it's, like, I kind of, like, well, I, I think they're bad people, but, um, it's, like, oh, did it, my dead brother who married this teenager and had a kid with her, uh, and it, it seems like Tor is pretty estranged from her, like, she wasn't close to her extended family at all growing up, so now it's just, like, oh, this kid I barely know's mom died and now we have to deal with her, um, mm-hmm. but Jesus Christ, 
her mom just died she's 15 stop like arguing in front of her about like not wanting to deal with her what the fuck is wrong with you people i feel like there's a lot of that in fruits basket arguing in front of the child whose parent just died about who's gonna take care of them <laughs> that happens like a couple of times what is <laughs> fruits basket adults go to therapy challenge go to like <laughs> mandatory like training on how to act uh, on how to act and how to just be a fucking human being with any amount of compassion like, I need you to go back to, like, kindergarten and, like, learn the <laughs> values of, like, sharing and being nice yeah. to people. like And treat- treating others how you want to be treated. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, one of my notes here, sort of, is that Toru has the problem-solving skills of a shonen protagonist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she's just, like, I think it's- fu- I th- she definitely has this, like- I can do this, like, I'll just, like, figure it out, I, I got this, like, this sort of, like, she just, yeah, she shuts down the part of her brain that's grieving, and it's just like, yeah, I'll live in a tent, I'll get a job, I'm gonna be independent, I can deal with the slugs, I'm strong, and I'm just like, Toru, oh my god, (laughs) you are a homeless orphan, (laughs) stop (laughs) Uh, Toru. I'll pay my own tuition and, like, because uh, it's like, I mean, she was like, obviously she had, she had to, you learn here that she had to grow up really fast because her dad died young and her mom was a single mother and so she had to, like, learn how to kind of run the house uh, at a really young age. So on the one, like, she's better equipped than a lot of people might be in this situation and that she's, like, used to taking care of herself in a lot of ways. Um... But still, oh my god, Toru. <laughs> I know. She's really not good at asking for help. She's she's allergic to it. <laughs> like, she not only is she not good at asking for help, but she's also bad at accepting help, and you yeah. have to, like, goad her into it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, she absolutely... Uo and, like, the Hanajimas would have let her sleep on their couch. Yeah. The Hanajimas honestly would have adopted Toru if she needed to, probably, because the Hanajimas mm-hmm. fucking rock. <laughs> Fruits Basket AU, where, like, the Hanajimas just adopt Toru after Kyoko dies. And nothing happens. Um, it's that meme with, like, the two books. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, she she just won't. She thinks she just, she's highly, you know what I was like, I'm thinking like, Kyoko is a high school dropout and a single mom. What job does she have? She just like ambiguously has a job. <laughs> yeah, they never, never say. Quit. I I don't know why, in my mind, she has two jobs. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah, um, that would make sense why she can't, like, run her own household. Yeah. And has her child do it. Um, I mean, she doesn't have any skills. She's, I mean, she's not even a high school dropout. She's a middle school dropout. She has um, her middle school diploma, doesn't she? I, does she? I have no idea. She, she never went she to high school. I think she, like, whenever in their conversation with Toru, she's like, I only have my middle school diploma. Oh, okay. Uh, but you, I never got to do the high school girl thing. You yeah. should finish your education yeah she's um, probably like a waitress or something yeah it's never clarified i want i don't know 
next is like one of my favorite fucking moments in Fruits Basket, to be honest. Shigure laughing at Toru outside the tent <laughs> is honestly oh my God. so funny. In every iteration of Fruits Basket, it's so mean. <laughs> it's so, so fucking mean. mean, but it's so, so funny the way he's just absolutely losing his mind. I love Shigure. Shigure sees a homeless orphan sleeping in a tent on his property, and he's like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, and then he really keeps does. laughing! And then he, they're <laughs> at the house, and he's still laughing. And Yuki's like, please stop acting like such a bastard. <laughs> it's like, are you done yet? Can you act like a person? Uh. Um... I want to talk about another shot that I liked, which was when, okay, so they, like, see her in the tent, he's laughing, and then they cut to inside the house. And it was this cool shot where the camera's, like, behind Toru. Um, It's behind Toru, so you can see her back, and it's uh, facing Yuki and Shigure, and it's, like, panning to the side. And I just felt like the way that it was, like, really, like, communicated, like, how intimidated Toru is in this moment. Yeah. Without even seeing her face. And then the next shot is her face, and she's, like, very red and, like, embarrassed. Yeah. (sighs) Toru. Oh, I also wanted to say, um, speaking of that line where, like, Shigure finally, like, says something, he's like, oh, are you done? Um, I like in this show, um, and it happens a couple of times, that characters talk over one another. Um, I like that, like, uh, I just like that in the script. I think it's... Cool. I don't know. I think it's very like natural. Yeah, makes it feel more organic. Yeah, and I noticed like when I was watching the OG, like those lines that in the reboot are overlapped. Um, they take turns in the OG, which is fine. But that's like a a normal way to write a script. But I don't know. I like that it's overlapped. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. I really like yeah. the script in the reboot like quite a lot. Me too. Tor, I I like that Toru still is like on her fucking shonen protagonist shit like standing up to give an impassioned speech except this isn't a shonen manga so she uh collapses from a fever because she overworked herself because she's living in a tent and paying her own tuition and she yeah she can't do this um no one could no one can do this uh, it's not it's not realistic no. um, yeah and so and then i think it you know yuki goes over to check out it's you know we start to see him experience show a more human side instead of freaky little rat boy yeah yeah you know um and that's another thing yuki being like yuki thinking he's not nice when like it like he's like this is like the first day he's talked to this girl and he's already like concerned and being like get some ice for her like whatever yeah Um. and then the sea of decay (laughs) and the and the the, limp wrist the limp wrist wrist in that scene (laughs) it's just like shigure is like t-posing at his like (laughs) trash and (laughs) i i am i'm obsessed with this little like exchange where toru is like fevered and kind of delirious and she's like it's a sea of decay and shigure's like nice analogy (laughs) it's so cute I think uh, that, like, Toru and Shigure, like, immediately have a rapport. It's so- f- it's, like- Like, that's such a cute back and forth, and then, like, a little, like, later in the scene, like, 
when the cliff crumbles and he and she's like surely it's not by my tent shikari's like surely not like they're both like, <laughs> like they're instantly like just have like a thing going on it's very cute yeah he i he's charmed by this dumbass yeah, shonen protag is. girl even though he <laughs>, laughs at her misfortune like a bastard because <laughs> he is a bastard yeah but he's uh, a caring bastard and then there be some more weird and vague stuff where Sugar is like there was a landslide and Toru's like how do you know that he's like animal instinct and she's like excuse me <laughs> he just doesn't elaborate and I also Another thing that gets brought up this episode and is never relevant ever again is that Shigure can communicate with the local wild dogs. <laughs> it's never comes up ever again. It's like fucking there's apparently just like loose dogs on the property uh, and they can alert Shigure to like landslides. And he no, I never love- like Shigure has a magical power that never gets brought up again. It's, it really does speak to the fact that, like, I mean, this is something I we know about, like, the story is that the magical aspect, it was initially just going to be, like, a straight up and down family drama, and then Takaya slapped the supernatural element over, so you can definitely see at some point she just, like, I think, like, she initially sets up to, I think, use the supernatural element more, there's a lot more transformations, they have more, like, relevant abilities i guess mm-hmm. like with shigure fucking communing with the local dogs <laughs> the um local and dogs. yuki the fucking rats um anyway we're not getting into that yet um, not yet <laughs> <laughs> not yet uh but then she just like clearly isn't that interested in that aspect of it <laughs> and so it just never comes up again because she's like oh, i don't care <laughs> like, i know it's just not something that she finds intriguing as a writer so she just doesn't use it (laughs) but personally like if i could communicate with dogs um i'd be talking to dogs all fucking day are you kidding me all the time (laughs) i'd be like just vibing with the dogs it would be great um but nope sugar you never see him interact with a dog face to face ever never Only this weird howling dog in the distance and Shigure being like, there was a landslide. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking weird as shit. So then they go over there. Yeah. I love that, like, Shigure, like, like, Yuki is like, I have no fucking idea what to say to her. Um, But Shigure knows what to say to her. Like, it's just, like, it's so sweet that he can tell, like, how distressed she is and just knows what she needs to hear. Yeah. Without, like, like, with barely knowing her, too. He's seen enough traumatized children. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but I like, like even uh, like Yuki like is very like he doesn't know what to say. Like he goes up to her, but he doesn't know what to say. He like won't touch her because he like never touches anyone. But like Shigure, on the other hand, like puts a hand on her back and is like, calm down, like just take a second. Yeah. It's yeah. good. She goes back. Yeah. At some point she changes into Yuki's clothes. It's <laughs> so um, cute. Which is cute. Yeah. And we get this, honestly, heart. One of, it's like one of the first heartbreaking scenes in Fruits Basket mm. uh, with fucking fever it, fevered Toru on the futon with her, like, the blanket <laughs> drawn all the way up to her eyes and her little hands poking out. She's so cute. I love her so much. But she's just like, 
I think it really, like, it is, like, it's when you have to kind of reckon with, like, a little bit, like, oh, man, so much horrible shit has happened to this girl. Why is this not even, like, phasing her? And then it's because, like, the worst thing has already happened. She's like, if I fail a test, if I lose my home, like, whatever. And it's not because those things aren't a problem. It's just that, like, the the worst thing that could happen to Toru already happened to Toru. Mm. So, uh, and she's not processing that yet. Certainly not. Um, <laughs> that shit is locked up. <laughs> yeah. That's sad. Shigure comes in and, like, chats with her. I do think it's, like, yeah, you start to see, like, Shigure switch from being, like, who's this freak who lives on my property, uh, to being, like, oh, this is a very sad child. Yeah. Um, where, you know, he's still Shigure. He's still a bastard. Right. Um, but he is, he he's already, yeah, he's showing concern for her and seems interested by her. Like, yeah, it's, like, this conversation combination of, like, intrigue and concern that's very Shigure. Um, they have their weird little conversation where he's just, like, let's see what she'll tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, about her, let's see how much traumatic backstory she's willing to dish out while she sleeps <laughs> on my futon. Um. <sighs> yeah, that's it's just sad. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> and Shigure's like, damn, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I didn't even get to, like, say, like, I, you know, she, it. she definitely, like, feels some guilt over it. And I think, I think for some reason, I think in some ways she probably not consciously, but subconsciously thinks of her misfortune as, like, some kind of cosmic punishment for her mom's death, which I think she somehow feels weirdly responsible for, even though it was obviously an accident. Um, but, you know, it's, like, magical thinking in that, like, oh, I didn't do this one, like, this one thing happened this one time, and then my mom fucking died. And so even though it's not, obviously, those events aren't rash, like, literally connected in the emotional landscape of a grieving 15 year old they are right yeah yeah girl baby baby then she Um, falls asleep and yuki was lurking in the corner um i like again speaking of like the sound design of this episode i like that shigure and yuki's conversation happens over like ambient sound Uh, Mm -hmm. i think it was a good choice uh and yuki's whole like spiel here about how she he's like i had no idea like it's it's very like like when he's saying that he's spoiled because he didn't do what toru did um i think like i don't know it really speaks to like how much he devalues his own strength and how he places a lot of blame on himself for his situation and his reactions to the situation. It's like, I mean, yeah, I guess he could have run away, but also I think that the way that he reacted to his situation is completely understandable. Um, And 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 also, he couldn't run away because Toru tried and it didn't work. Right, true. No, even if if he did run away, he would have had to come back. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and he did eventually, like, in the end, ask for help, mm-hmm. um, which is really the biggest thing he could have done. And yeah. the uh, the other thing is that every other time he's asked for help, he, it was rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say that I think, like, Sugar Ray saying, he says something like, I don't remember the exact word I wrote, he says. I wrote down the exact line. Okay, so say like, it. Yeah. Um, calling Toru amazing is an insult to her, you know. Yeah. Uh, which... Honestly, I kind of have, like, a hard... T- I, I I don't know exactly how to interpret it. Because mm-hmm. it's a weird, vague line. Because it's fucking Shigure. Um, yeah. I'm like... Like, is it an insult to her because... This isn't just her being strong and amazing. This is her, like, s- just being dealt a fucking terrible hand. Um, like, it's, like... Like, Yuki's like, damn, she's, like, not only is she, like, a, he envies her ability to just, like, go out and be hyper-independent, right? Um, but also, it's her being able to, like, maintain this really, like, cheery uh, affect, um, I think, to some degree as well, when he feels like... He, obviously, he's good at putting on a mask, and, like, everyone thinks he's very cool and popular, but he also has no friends. And everyone is scared of him. So, uh, and Toru has two whole friends, you know, so she's really killing it in Yuki's eyes. Um, and so it's, like, is calling her, why, like, I'm trying to understand, yeah, what's your take on this line? I don't know. It is a very, very vague line. Um, I don't know. I think it's just that, like, like what you said, like, she's just dealing with the situation as it happens to her. And I think, like, he's saying, like, saying that all of these, like, traumatizing things that happen to her and her dealing with it in the way that she can is amazing is, is insulting because what else could she have done, I yeah. guess? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's a little, like, uh, inspiration porn a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, yes, it's impressive that she was able to, like, manage this long, but also, like, she's on our floor with mm-hmm. a fever because she's been living in a tent and overworking herself to pay her own tuition. This is a tragedy, not... Uh, right inspiring story yeah 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 and and in that like he's like like this is a real thing that is happening to her like this is what her life is so it's not yeah like this is her reality so like from your perspective it's amazing but from her perspective it's her reality yeah hi um editor sophie here uh we were kind of figuring this out as we were talking but to put it more concisely shigure is saying that yuki is romanticizing toru's struggle yeah. yeah. All right. I think we did it. We took that line. <laughs> we we think... cracked the code. <laughs> we succeeded. Interpretation. Analysis. <laughs> um, um, I wanted to talk about um, this shot because I'm obsessed with the shot. And every time I see it, I go, ape shit. I just love it because obviously it's the doors. So the shot that I'm talking about is um, Toru on the floor on the futon. Shigure is sitting like next to her. And Yuki is standing behind Shigure with his back to the camera, uh, all centered on the doors. 
Uh, and I, I love it, I think. Like, it really, like, it's a good encapsulation of their position in the story. So, like, Toru is not even awake, but her presence already is a catalyst for change for the Somas and Yuki in particular. Shigure is sitting on the floor next to her, kind of passively orchestrating and, like, calmly observing Yuki's reactions. Um, and Yuki is making an active choice to do something. Um, which is not something that he has really done in the past. So, like, I thought, like, the way that, like, the shot was composed, like, really uh, shows to, like, set up, like, who they are and what they're going to do in the story. Yes. Sexy. And then I also noticed that before we, like, talk about this fucking crazy shit, um, the Yuki doesn't open the doors. The doors open themselves. Um, which, like, whatever. But, like, I don't know. I, I like that, like... Yuki is leaning into the curse um, to to take advantage of it for someone else's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And but then there's also the... That, the, the that, now we have to talk about the <laughs> fucking rats! Oh my god! Oh my god, <laughs> so Disney creepy! What Literally, the fuck he was does this? look like he looks like a fucking queer-coded Disney villain. He the way does. he's hugging himself, he's like, he's, oh. yeah, his like <laughs> eyes are like glowing. He's, he's just fucking all of the rats, all of the rats, rat, and the squeaky sound effects. Every bro. rat in the world. If I was Shigure, <laughs> I would simply die after that. <laughs> this is why I don't know. If, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast i'm not sure when i was a kid i thought yuki was evil and the reason was because of that scene <laughs> it's like it's so villain coded what were they doing and then his voice acting it it is also super weird and creepy because he's like it's like uh, yeah because uh sugar is like you're gonna dig that out all by yourself and he's like don't you know who you're talking to or something weird and i'm like what the fuck is happening Hello? at least at least in this version, he does not fly backwards through the <laughs> which he does in the OG, fly backwards through the robots. But then the doors, the thing is, is like, he's like, no, of course not, I'm not gonna have help or whatever. And then Sugar is like, all right, good luck. And the doors slam closed. <laughs> so fucking creepy. That's Personally, I'd be so shitting crazy. my pants if my cousin did that. <laughs> I don't care how entrenched I am in the curse. That's fucking creepy and weird. It's just... <laughs> I can't. You know it's the this... rats that live in their kitchen. <laughs> and this scene like destroys me. I don't. It's it's just like it's so whack. This it's never so happens weird. again. It's never, like, <laughs> never again. Never again does Yuki summon every rat in Japan. <laughs> and also, why does, of rats. You, why does why do they use Yuki and his rats when dogs dig so much better? I know! Oh my god, I know! It never made any sense to me. Why wouldn't Shigure just summon dogs? <laughs> it was, and that's why it takes him all night is because the tiny little rat hands are picking it up. <laughs> Yuki just but the dogs could have had it done in an hour. With every rat! <laughs> with every rat! Oh, oh my god. god. Yuki... <sighs> You little freak, man. You little creepo. Oh, my oh, God. so weird. The glowing purple eyes. The glowing eyes. Everyone you, why doesn't Yuki ever make his eyes glow ever again? It's, they're so purple. His eyes are... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like... 
everything about it makes me insane. I've clearly, like, lost all, like, ability to be comprehensible in the last however long this started. I feel like... Yeah, <laughs> It's, and it's not even something we can blame on Mibata because it's literally in the manga. I It was all Takaya. Takaya, what the fuck was it? What the fuck was it? It's, it? it's... I can't even be mad at it because it's, it has such an impact on me. I'm like, yeah. what else in fiction makes me scream like this? But... Like, it's so iconic. Also, like, it's, like, you can't hate it. It's just, like, fucking whack. <laughs> it's so whack. Yuki is so creepy in this episode. <laughs> such a freak. He's such oh, a freak. Man. I love him so much and he's such a little freak. Um... <sighs> okay. Anyway. So that happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he sends the rats on their way and returns yeah. in the morning. Because it took him all night because they have little tiny rat hands. Yes. Um, and Toru has a dream about her mom and oh, the right. hats in the dream. Oh, uh, I forgot about that. Which was kind of like, I don't know, it felt kind of shoehorned. Mm-hmm. It, I felt like the hat didn't need to be there then or mm-hmm. yet. It was just like, hello, what? Why would she be dreaming about the hat right now when she's just like having hang-ups about her mom? She's not thinking, yeah. Um well, I guess but, she would be dreaming about the hat because if she's thinking about, like, strangers helping her. Yeah, I guess. Um, but agree that it did feel shoehorned in. Yeah. So then, uh, this is actually a line that I, one of my favorite, like, Yuki moments, I don't know why, I just think it's interesting mm-hmm. when, so she's like, she wakes up, she's like, holy shit, I have to go to school. She, like, slams mm-hmm. the door open and Yuki's standing there and he's like, oh, hi. Hi, and Hi, I have all your items. And she's like, how did you, did you do this all by yourself? And he's like, of course not. <laughs> and, and she's like, how did you do it? And the line is, it's a secret. I'll bring your things upstairs, okay? And I really like, I, I like, like, again, like, Shimazaki delivers this much better than Vale. But I just like the, like, the way that the line is structured. It's a secret. I'll bring your things upstairs, okay? And the way that he's very, like, flippant and just does not let Toru sit with that statement at all and just, like, moves on. But he also doesn't try and make an excuse. He's just, like, it's a secret. It moves on. Because, I like, from our perspective and from Toru's perspective, the curse is very, like, fantastical. But, like, to Yuki, like, it's just, like, a normal part of his life and it's not something worth, like, trying to make up this big story about. He's just, like, it's whatever and moves on. Uh, I think it's very, like, I like the way that, like, they talk around the curse in that way, and that it's just very mundane, but it's also, like, I can't tell you. <laughs> That's my business. See ya. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's go upstairs. <laughs> Let's get your room set up. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, that line stands out to me. Also, it's another instance of Yuki being a fucking freak. <laughs> I know. Just, he says so much vague, weird shit this episode. Like, obviously, the freakiest thing is the door rats, but mm-hmm. he says, he's just like, you know, cat monologue, and <laughs> see, I, I dug up all your shit overnight. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, Shigure's like, hello, I found, or Shigure sees an orphan living in a tent on his property, and he's like, oh, it's a free live-in maid. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's a good deal. 
it's for Teru. Yeah. Um, it works out. It, you know, she gets room and board in exchange for making their house not a fucking pigsty and making sure they don't eat nothing but takeout. Um, so, yeah. I was going to say another one of my favorite lines is, um, like, so they've, like, moved on. They're like, okay, you're going to live here. And she's like, uh. <laughs> and then I think we've talked about this before. She's like, are there any rules I have to follow? Yes. Please keep a five-foot radius from me at all times. <laughs> That's what you should have said. Because it's like, even if she doesn't find out, didn't find out the way that she did find out, she would have found out. Because she's a total klutz. She would have found out. There's no way she wouldn't have. Like, it's immediately. Also- also, it's not even that it's not, like, in Yuki's head, because she's like, are there any rules? And he's like, nope. And then he walks up, and I feel like he would be an earshot of Toru, and Shigure's like, you sure this is a good idea? This is a girl. And he's like, she'll be, it'll be fine as long as she doesn't, like, hug me. And I'm like, you could have told her that, like, literally two seconds ago, Yuki. Just say um, that. Just be like, don't ask why, but you can't hug me. <laughs> uh, the fucking... Kyo in the tree through the window. I know it's so good, <laughs> so good. You just see his he's just standing there. Fucking pictures. Was it pictures? Ten seconds before a disaster. <laughs> God, exactly. Literally, it's just, Kyo. Kyo has the best intro in all of fiction. <laughs> he really does. So good. So, so good. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, um, he definitely has my favorite intro in All of Fruits Basket, for sure. It's so fucking funny. You see him standing in a little tree, and then they go up to the room, and they're like, all right, you're gonna live here, and, um, oh, we skipped the shoujo bubbles. I didn't like the shoujo bubbles, but that's all about I have to say about them, is, like, Yuki says the thing that sounds like the oh. thing Toru's mom says in the dream, and Toru's like, whoa, whoa. and there's, like, 800 shoujo bubbles, and I'm like, eh. Um... But whatever, it's a show show, so, like, what are you gonna do? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Me and Sophie are sometimes like, uh, shoujo bubbles in our shoujo? It's more Uh. likely than you think. (laughs) (laughs) It's not more, (laughs) it's exactly as like you as you think, because we're watching a shoujo. Um, Anyway, um, but, and then, Kyo jumps through the fucking ceiling says yo fucking it's so good he jumps the, f- I, the fucking even, music starts mu- yeah and then just like imagine you know it's like Tor- taurus had a crazy couple of days she's, you know all of a sudden she's moving into this stri- her classmate's house and then a man or a boy a boy comes crashing through the ceiling and he's perfectly fine like <laughs> and that's really a teenage boy crashing through your ceiling like landing on his feet on getting his up feet, completely yeah. completely uninjured uh, unharmed starts rolling up his th- sleeves and calls like the boy in your room a rat and starts threatening to kick his ass like immediately no time to process and then Yuki turns around, fucking the way Yuki's personality <laughs> flips on a dime because he just, the way, like, he gets so worked up about Kyo that he just totally forgets to, like, act like a fucking human being in front of you. <laughs> like, he's instantly like, oh, yeah? Are you, you really gonna you beat gonna me up? Like, <laughs> the way he just starts flirting instantly. Yeah. God. The fucking, like, 
Yeah. Like, he leans back against the window, like, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. I know you... He doesn't realize how much of a twink he is. No, he He does not. He does not. But just, like, the way he fucking, like, leans back against the window, he's like, oh, yeah, you're really gonna beat me up? Like, you are a twink. (laughs) That's Uh, gay. That's gay behavior. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then and then toru makes her fatal mistake <laughs> then the disaster that was the disaster <laughs> happens the disaster the way happens. she just grabs his titties <laughs> queen she knows what she wants she, she knows what she wants motivation is there from the beginning of fruits basket <laughs> uh yeah and then kyo yeah. is just a little cat He's just a little cat. <laughs> she swings him around. She's the way she's shaking she's him just... and is like, <laughs> uh, and then, but also like another good thing is she's like, I have to take him to the hospital. <laughs> what do you yeah, think that's I mean... gonna do? He turns into a freaking cat. I think it's honestly just like such a manifestation of just like how so much has happened so fast to Toru like not only just in the past like 10 minutes but also just in like the past like two days and also like the past couple months um Mm -hmm. it's like everything happens to Toru so much uh truly is just what the first episode of Fruits Basket is um that's what the title should be everything happens to Toru so much Um, (laughs) Yeah, and then, and then they're and all then they're like the like biggest bull. That that's like the the most like bullshit part of Fruits Basket is when the thing falls on her head and she just like yeah. slinks over and like falls on Sugar and UK UK Yuki and they transform. <laughs> it's very it's convenient, con- but it is very funny. The comedic timing it's, is there, and also literally like it doesn't matter how many times I see it, but just like the like piano music and then like all of the like slow pans across these (laughs) blank face animals like makes me fucking howl with laughter it is so fucking funny so like like (laughs) kyo is just like so disgruntled kyo's still like in a fucking chokehold in her (laughs) so disgruntled shigure is like Uh (laughs) and yuki is like not making any floating floating in midair (laughs) oh so good and yeah and that's why you have to keep watching fruits basket is it ends literally there on the first episode and you're like okay i guess i'm watching this it's such a good way to end an episode yeah essentially a pilot iconic truly like what is more iconic is that entire scene of the three of them or the four of them it's just like oh kyo's entrance impeccable it's it's a good episode the first episode of fruits basket so good um yeah definitely like one of my favorite pilots like of anything yeah for sure the reboot specifically (laughs) yeah i love fruits basket Um, oh it's so good yeah yeah wow i love the oh the first episode's so good it's just a time time. yeah and like also like the cute animals like that's like i obviously like season two is my favorite part of Fruits Basket, and it's also my favorite part of the manga, but, like, really, we are deprived of the animals, and they're so so fucking cute! cute. Especially, I don't know, I was gonna say especially Kyo, but, like, all of them are fucking adorable. Yeah. 
The fact that, like, Shigure, like, never turns into the dog again. Ugh, sad. I know. We were wrong. He only like, transforms good... twice in the entire series. I like their animal designs. I miss them being animals. And I, we're also robbed of, like, in the manga, sometimes when they have, like, little speech bubbles, like, they get, like, mm. little animal icons attached. Yeah. Uh, but we don't get that in the anime. Right. Um, but it's still, even though we're deprived of animal goodness because Takaya doesn't actually care about magic that much, <laughs> it it's still, we love to see them. It's a good yeah. episode. Also, we have been recording for, like, an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, it is the pilot. <laughs> uh, shall, shall I take us out? Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you have anything you want to ask us, anything you want us to talk about, shoot us a message at so Mess so Good on Twitter and Tumblr. Um, in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Bye.